You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Welcome to the Love the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Bell. Dallas Scott was insider for 105 through the fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former NFL scout, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 through the fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. A job that he was leaning into today as we come to you guys. Uh, we record this. This will probably be posted Monday morning, but we come to you on Sunday after the Cowboys pull out a 33 to 10 victory victory over the Carolina Panthers and Brian I don't know about you but you know we had talked last week about hey this is not like an awful Panthers team they're just not good it's it's not like they have glaring holes that you're like this is just a terrible secondary or oh my gosh they get their receivers can't get open it's just like they're, they're just kind of okay everywhere or maybe a little below average everywhere and as a whole that creates a bad football team and that's what you saw out there today it was just a a bad sum of its parts um but ultimately i i don't think that this was as as dominant a victory as 33 to 10 looks cowboys were okay today and and being okay as a team is usually enough to beat this panthers team and that's exactly what happened no, you're absolutely right about that, Bob. Uh, the, the Panthers helped you along the way with the personal foul penalties. You know they had uh, they were they had the ability to get off the field and they didn't do it because of some stupid penalties. Uh, you know it's that, that's that's what happens to teams. You know it, it's a veteran team. The quarterback is a rookie, of course. He's struggling right now. Uh, you know they're trying to kind of find some rhythm with him throwing the football. It's a little bit up and down for him. If I was the Carolina Panthers and when this game got close, I would have just kept running the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have, you know, I, I said this at halftime, Bobby, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I said, I go, this game is probably over for the Panthers, but I wouldn't let it get out of hand. You know, I wouldn't, you know, and I, I didn't feel like that really that uh, Carolina running the football and the way that they got their touchdown, the way they had some good mix, you know, they they went for it on fourth down. They put themselves in some situations to to uh, to get those first downs and to get the points, you know, mm. and I thought that's how they should have kind of been playing all day, you know. I mean, they they ask their quarterback right now, and, and it's hard because you see what's going on down in Houston. 
with their quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, six and four football team in Houston. It's, now. it's clearly a different, you know, it's different. And, and Bryce Young is one of the most decorated quarterbacks in college football history, you know, and you look at yeah. his, in you know, the number of starts he's made and, and how he's played. He doesn't look like a, that quarterback that played at Alabama right now. He really, really doesn't. But I don't think that Frank Reich particularly helped him much today. You know, and no. I, I kind of felt like that, you know, there were some opportunities that they had. Uh, Dallas, I don't think if you want to if you want to nitpick on a victory, I don't think Dallas played particularly well against the run. I, 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 I said it, you know, earlier, and I really do believe that, that, you know, that the that, that Carolina did a pretty good job of coming off the ball. And when that game got close, you know, I was surprised that they, you know, they tried to throw the ball. I, I thought they were just going to run the football and, you know, and, and try and keep it close, maybe get a maybe get a stop late and then force, you know, Dallas to have to do something. But, you know, after that after that pick six, I mean, it was pretty much over. Yeah, this felt like a, a game that even when it got to 17-10, I don't I never felt like the game was in doubt for the Cowboys. Um, I, I mean, no, they, but Carolina could have kept it. They could have kept sure. it. They, they, you I mean, didn't, they, didn't have to lose by three touchdowns. Today. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, what's interesting is I agree that this felt like a game where it's like, hey, if you commit to running the ball yep. and then just moving the chains with Thielen, who the Cowboys had trouble right. covering Thielen today. Um, right. You know, if you just committed to let's put our head down, let's try and, and, you know, turn this into a ground game and, you know, lean on Thielen when we need to lean on lean on that connection then I think they could have had some success and made this a little bit closer of a game. They, some of what they did didn't totally make sense to me on offense, um, especially because the Cowboys, I, I don't know, we'll have to go back and when we get a chance to look at the tape, we'll know this, but Brian, did you notice a couple different times where you go, okay, somebody missed their run fit. There were a couple different times. Like I remember Micah stepped up into a gap and I think Micah was in the right spot, but Micah stepped into a gap and Miles Sanders just went straight through an open hole on the other side where it's like, okay, was that Micah making a wrong read or was somebody supposed to be here in this gap that didn't fill and there was just a lane. And there were a couple different times where it's like, okay, somebody didn't, you know, fill here. It just felt like their run fits today for the Cowboys. You mentioned nitpicking, but it, it doesn't feel like a nitpick in terms of they, they win by 23. So maybe that's the nitpick aspect of it. Yeah. But I think objectively today, it looked like their run fits were not great. No, I, I think when they go back and they're not, you know, they're probably going to look at this game on the way home on the plane. And, and that's about it. You know, what corrections you're really going to have from that. But if I'm a team coming in on a short week, like the commanders are with the quality of the running backs that they have, I'm, 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 I'm just kind of probably, you know, even though their quarterback is, I believe, still leading the league in passing yards, right? If I mean, we'll see what happens. So, you know, with all that goes Boy, they on, had, with they all, had a bad loss on Sunday. A, he, a terrible you, loss, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, after that Giants team we saw last week, Brian, if you lose by double digits at home to that football team, people deserve to be fired. That's no, so that, bad. that that is. Been, but the Commanders are going to change the coach and staff. They're going to yeah. everything is going to get blown out of there. Ron Rivera, you know, nice man and all that, and. But you know that that was a, that was a terrible loss. That was a terrible loss to a bad team, and so if I know it's kind of looking forward, but I I I'm always interested to see why. I'm always interested to see why Micah Parsons didn't have numbers from one week to the next. Yeah, I'm always interested to learn why uh, 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 Brandon Cooks has no balls thrown his way or doesn't make any plays. I'm always interested why. 
Terrence Steele gave up a sack or had a really good game. I'm always interested. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the autopsy on this thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're wrong, if we, you know, tomorrow morning we're watching the All-22 and you see, well, oh, okay, well, Bell was supposed to be here. Parsons was supposed to be here. Oh, wait, Clark did this. Oh, wait a minute, that – Mozzie jumped around a block there and oh by the way they didn't the safety didn't fill you know that's yeah. how you that's how you, you that's how you understand understand why uh it's always nice it's a lot easier to make corrections when uh you win the game but there are some things in that running game because Carolina really if you coming into this game had not run the football we're not no, not well run, at all not you know they were they were less than four yards of carry the one yeah, thing you, four and a half today. Yeah, the one thing you knew today was that Dallas was probably going to have some success running the ball because of Carolina's defense. But I did not have Cowboy poor run defense on my bingo card today. <laughs> Didn't have that one. Yeah. You know, I, I had possibility of sacks. I had possibility of Micah Parsons bounce back game. Uh, you know, by the way, I'd be happy to you know, to call out or ask questions about Micah Parsons if it helps him get two and a half sacks every every uh, I, I, every I I I think we'll look back at this. We'll call this the broadest game for Micah uh, Parsons. Yeah, this will be the broadest game. But yeah. and, and that's fine. But there, you know, there needs to be an autopsy on why he had no he had no numbers, no sacks against a backup tackle against a bad offensive line. Something happened along the way. You asked the question, is he slowing down? It happened to him last year. He had pressures. He just didn't have the sack numbers. Not trying to cover myself. Michael Parsons played a hell of a game today. Yeah. But to your point, there might be some things in the run defense and the fits that you mentioned that some guys that were – uh, you know, that we're getting upfield and getting really good pass rush. They just didn't particularly – see, th- this is the thing when you play Dallas. I don't know why you try and throw the ball against Dallas. I just don't. Not doesn't work out for teams. I don't. You, you turn this into a passing game, you are playing right down to where they love it. You know, they love lining up and causing twist stunts and causing problems for your center and causing problems for your tackle. They love that, you know? And so I, I kind of anticipate as we get ready for a short week, I don't think the commanders are going to come in here with the idea of throwing the football all over the place. But the thing the Cowboys make you do is when they score points, they make you they put you in a mode where you have to, where you have to try and throw, uh, throw the football because you're behind in the game. And Carolina, I mean, when it was 17 to 10, I, I was surprised that Frank Wright did what he did. Because the game went out of hand, you know. After, uh, in my opinion, after the uh, after the interception that uh, Bland had. Yeah, I think that that's when things turn around. Which, by the way, Deron Bland another pick six. That is his fourth uh, touchdown of the year. One more, and uh, he's got the NFL record. He's uh, right up there with uh, Derek Brooks uh, and the now uh, disgraced Darren Sharper uh, as as the NFL record. And so uh, a a big. Big, big impact from Deron Bland this year. Hey, was Eric you, Allen? Was Eric Allen one of? I, I Eric thought Allen was, might be. Too. I thought it was. I, I, remember, I, it was I remember Brooks and Sharper both did it. I know that five, they had five or four. Four. Nobody has five in NFL okay. history. I thought that I, for some reason I thought it was two guys from the seventies. Uh, one of them named Kenny or Kearney, and then the other one was like it happened in nineteen seventy two, 
I know for a fact Brooks and Sharper have done it. They've scored okay. four interception touchdowns in the career. So maybe multiple. That, those I, got, just- I got then I got then I got thrown off sides or drawn off sides by Wolchuk in the postgame show. He said that there were two players from the seventies and then and then Eric Allen was the other one. I could believe Eric Allen did it too. I I wouldn't be surprised. Eric Allen was a a great football player as well. Maybe we'll look that up and find that out. But Deron Bland, another uh, fantastic performance today. Um, You know, he's been, you can make an argument that he's the team MVP, the way that he stepped up when Trayvon Diggs went out. The fact that Stefan Gilmore hasn't been quite as good as he's been in the past. The fact that Jordan Lewis has struggled, you know, just what they've asked Bland to do playing inside and outside and having the impact that he's had. Um, He's made a real large impact for this defense and a real large impact for this team. We'll talk about some more of that here in just a second. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Okay, Brian, um, you know, we just mentioned Bland there. We've talked about Parsons being great. But outside of just Parsons, I mean, I know Bland made the play, but outside of Parsons, if I said, Brian, first look, before you get a chance to look at the tape, who played excellent for the Cowboys today? Does anybody jump out outside of Parsons? It feels like in a 23-point victory on the road, you'd think there would be several guys where it's like, man, he was great, he was great, he was great. Kind of felt like maybe we'll see uh, with the run fits, as you mentioned. How about Tank? Another sack like the, today, played well against yeah, the run, yeah. Yeah, I kind of always feel like that there's some – I think that it was a good game for Dords Armstrong off the TV copy, mm-hmm. you know, what he was able to do today. Um, but, yeah, it's – you know, those – when you get a victory like that, I, I'm I'm look for, I'm looking at this run defense. I just am. I'm just got – it's got me kind of – I'll say this about, about Bland real quick if I could, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he's playing – I don't know why you attack him. Maybe on the double move stuff, you can still try him. But I think he's, I think he's smart enough to understand that. The thing I never worried about Bland filling in for Dix. Never worried about him. Where I worried was who's going to play nickel corner. That's where I. That's where I was worried. Lewis and has gotten picked on a little. I know you asked me who's played well. I gave you a couple of guys. My observation of of the game is okay. Well then what happened in some of the other spots. And we were learning about these players that are coming back from injury, that they battle their ass off to get back and try and be a part of this. And are they limited in what they really, really can do? And I, I mean, this is, I respect these guys for coming back. We saw Steele, you know, we've seen Lewis, we've seen Pollard. We've seen Steel, guys. Steele and Pollard who bounced back and played good games today. They, they absolutely did. They absolutely did. 
but I, I kind of feel like that to me, when you look at, man, I, I so wish, I so wish that they, that they, that they had digs and they had Gilmore and then they had Bland playing the slot. I just, I, I, I think you could really shut people down playing that way, especially with the pass rush, the way it is. But I'm surprised that people haven't really gone at Gilmore, and because but they're starting to figure out to go after Lewis a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know that they're figuring that out because attacking Bland is a bad idea. It just is. I mean, that play he made the other day in the Giants game, the the pass to 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 Hyatt. I mean, that was Hyatt's passed. He's passed Gilmore. He's passed Hooker. And here's a guy, here's Bland coming from the other side of the field to make the play. So I have a feeling teams are going to start looking at the tape you know, and they're going to go, okay, stay away from this guy, but kind of look at these guys to, to maybe attack in the game and see if they can, if they in fact can hold up. Do but, you think, uh, do you think we need to start at least discussing the, the possibility of uh, Duran Bland as a defensive player of the year candidate? Oh yes, absolutely. Yes, you look at you look at, uh, and he plays a very very difficult position. But if you believe in the metrics and all those numbers and stuff, you have a hard time completing passes on him. Quarterback ratings are very very low. He doesn't give anything up. He's a, he turns the ball over for you. He tackles well. He's smart, tough. Yeah, he, he everything that you start to talk about defensive player of the year being this guy has got that, but it'll end up being some. It'll you know look what's going on at Cleveland, you know with 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 their with their end their defensive end there, yeah. you know, and and you know Micah Parsons and the sacks he's gotten, you know should should Bland get votes. I'll tell you what, if you're really, really watching the game and really studying what the Dallas Cowboys are doing and you're not getting caught up on just the all the numbers, Deron Bland is one of the better football players on defense in the National Football League. He's playing like that right now. We, we've gotten into a lot so far of what the Cowboys did on defense today. On the offensive side of the ball, it, it felt like the Cowboys actually came this way. I, I know we talked last week and said, hey, if you want to go after the the Panthers with the ground game early, you can probably do that. Right. It was interesting to see the Cowboys for all of the times this year that they've come out trying to establish the run and try and get things going. That today they came out and tried to throw the ball three straight times. That was mm-hmm. just kind of interesting. Um, but when you watch that first drive and then, and then you know, how the game progresses – it, it seemed very clear to me that Carolina said, all right, Dak's not going to beat us over the top today. Like that's not going to yeah. happen. And so they just said, we're taking away everything deep. Everything's going to be thrown underneath and we're going to bring as much pressure as we can. And to their credit, we mentioned that they blitz a lot, but they don't generally generate enough pressure. They didn't get a sack today. Dak was able to get rid of the ball, but there were a few times where, especially in the first half, Dak seemed to be kind of under duress and was, was having to get rid of the ball quicker than he wanted to. Um, So on offense, this just felt like a game where the Cowboys were doing enough. They were, they were content to just, all right, let's go chain to chain. And we're just going to kind of move things down the field this way, had success with it, had those two scoring drives. Uh, you know, had the nice bounce back scoring drive after the long drive from Carolina, the really impressive run from Tony Pollard, the touchdown run. Uh, what stood out to you on offense today? I thought the patience of Dak Prescott and his ability to get the ball to a lot of different receivers today. Um, you know, when you look at, 
I was really happy for Schoonmaker and not just happy because I'm driving the Schoonmaker bandwagon train. I feel like I'm the only guy left on the I'm uh, tooting the horn with you over there. Okay. I, well, I love Schoonmaker. I, I, I was glad to see him make a play down the middle of field. Uh, that was really, really nice. You know, Jake Ferguson came up with a couple of different plays. I was really happy for Terrence Steele. I was really happy for uh, – you know, I was really happy for Tony Pollard. He looked like today, to and through the hole, he had a little juice in him. You know, Fresh. he had a little – had a little look. yeah, he looked like that – it looked like he kind of heard all the talk about, oh, well, heck, let's, you know, go ahead and throw – uh, you know, let's 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 play, you know, play other backs and stuff like yeah. that. You know, let's play Rico Dowdle and see what happens there. You know, I mean, he, Dowdle looks better and all that for at least for a game. Tony Pollard looked like the old Tony Pollard running the football. You know, I love how they use the crack toss, the pin and pull stuff. I'm I just I like creative ways of running the football. I did not like it all, Bobby, the the cuteness of some of the offense today. I didn't feel like the the. uh <laughs> the wildcat and the wildcat reverse and all this stuff like that is, yeah. you know, I, I think that you're kind of, you're kind of like trying stuff out. You're trying to look smart against a team that you could probably get away with that, doing that kind of stuff. But you know, it, it's like I say, cute football is to me is not good football. And uh, I think it hurt them a couple of different times, but I was really happy for the guys that I mentioned. One of the things I do like that's maybe a little cute, but something that they've been doing for a few weeks now, and I think they've had success with, is putting Lamb in the backfield, letting him get a carrier, putting mm-hmm. Lamb on an end around or doing some different things. Mm-hmm. And and CeeDee Lamb didn't have a massive game today. I I think he looked banged up today. I think there were a few different points where where he Be looked careful, like Bobby. He, he just he just looked a little banged up, was all he looked a little hurt. That was I I'm not saying anything other than just he clearly you don't have to speculate go watch the uh the late hit on Cavante Turpin that extended mm-hmm. the drive you watch lamb gets up and he doesn't get up right away and he's clearly in some discomfort so that's not just out of anywhere he had some discomfort today it's just a matter of did it linger was it more you know w- w- was it something that was more impactful throughout the game or was it just something that happened real quick and then he felt better by it? it's just something interesting that i noticed he he looked a little sore i guess and and, and I- things like that I was surprised how well that the Carolina secondary played when it came to contested balls today. Yeah, there were three or four times where Hill, it felt like they made a play. Yeah, Hill Hill played great for them Hill today. Hill played really well for them. And, you know, so, yeah, but, you know, the Cowboy receivers drew a couple of, what, a couple, what, a couple pass interference or pass interference of defensive holding. Cowboys picked up five first downs on penalties today. There you go. But, yeah, three of them were – like, what do you do in kind of penalties? The horse collar face mask penalty, you know, the two. That's the, the Xavier the, Woods, the, I remember. The the, 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 the little yeah. playing out of control. I mean, he was he, sure. he did some good things for you. But Xavier Woods, historically, when he, he was here in Dallas, he used to play out of control and it burned them at times. No, absolutely it did. And, you know, so that's kind of where uh, I, I felt like along the way that they really, they really helped you in, you know, keeping some of those drives going. But, uh, you know, we, I'll have to ask about uh, – about CD because he went from looking like the last couple of weeks to, and I, and I wonder if do you think he's a guy that, that like that his feelings get in the way of how he plays. So he's historically, I'm been, asking the question. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, trying yeah. to, no, no, I'm no, not trying to stir things up. I'm just asking a question before he, he everybody is, loses their damn minds. He is an emotional football player. Um, I, I mean, I think that that's something that you see a lot. He tends to get, 
you know, as oftentimes guys at receiver are. I don't know what it is about that position, Brian, but historically it brings about a lot of emotion uh, from those guys. Those guys are usually very high intensity and kind of wear their emotions on their sleeve. I don't think he's an emotional player in the like Odell Beckham sense. Like you remember the best way to, to take Odell Beckham out of a game was to make him take himself out of a game, like just right. get emotional and, and, and get frustrated. And that would usually impact the play. I don't think CD's like that. And I don't think that was the case today. CD was getting targets. He was getting opportunities, but he just, I, I don't know. He just, he looked a little, there, there, were a couple of today. Times, there were just a couple of times where it looked like he didn't feel great or, or he, he looked like totally like himself. Like I said, I'm not saying there's any sort of an injury. It just looked like there were a couple different times where maybe he's just bruised. Maybe it's three games of, you know, taking a beating, making the plays that he's been making. It might just be something that he, he was he, a little... He took a, he took a big hit early in that game, right? That mm-hmm. one that the first pass they... Was yeah, the, the one that pass. he he was going up to I mean, get it, and I think yeah, it was yeah. Woods hit him. Woods yeah. hit him pretty hard yeah. there. That, that was, I think, the the third play. I think that was the third down throw that they missed, and then they had to punt. Yeah. Um, but he just, he looked like, especially on that one, like I said, that late hit, he had made a move, almost kind of slipped, and then when he got down, when he got back up, he was slow to get up, didn't get up right away, and then when he did, he just kind of walked around in a circle for a few seconds and then he scores a touchdown a couple plays later and he just kind of gently tosses it back and just looked like he didn't want to get into any too aggressive celebration which usually he's out there dancing and doing different things yeah. this time he just kind of tossed it and like all right let's get over here so yeah. i'll be interested i'll if, you know to see if we hear anything about oh uh, you know he's 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 limited in practice on on tuesday or something well like they're that. not going to practice so you probably won't get but any the projection you, yeah. you get the projections from them we'll 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 see but i just I, I did find it interesting i did think he looked a little banged up um and i don't so, think you're lying yeah. So it, it'll it'll be something uh, that we should probably watch closely. But Cowboys get out of this one, big victory again, thirty three to ten. This is, I believe, they said what the sixth was it already victory of the year of twenty points or more, or maybe it's not yeah. quite that many. Yeah, let's this hear. is uh, this one, is, two, uh, three, four, five, six. Yep, that's the sixth victory of twenty points or more this season for the Cowboys. So I think they've uh, tied the seventy eight team for these kind this. this uh, this little streak they're on. That's an impressive run. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of history with the Dallas Cowboys, and they made some more on Sunday. And we're going to talk about that here in just a sec. Before we do, I need to remind you that this is the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brian, uh, instead of the mailbag today, the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, which we we don't typically do as often whenever we're, we're coming off of a post-game show, but there was some news that we're going to replace here with the third segment, and that is uh, a lot of people were tweeting the curse is broken, the Cowboys can finally win a Super Bowl, they can do whatever, because it was announced at 1140, 20 minutes before the kickoff of this game, Jerry Jones announces that Jimmy Johnson is going into the Ring of Honor on December 30th against the Lions, and... I don't think anybody really saw this one coming. You started to get a sense something was happening because Jerry said, you know, there's an announcement of press conference 20 minutes before the game. You saw these pictures of Jerry and Jimmy hanging out at the Panthers game. It's like, well, why is he why is he in Carolina? What's going on here? What's happening? And so, uh, Brian, ultimately, this is the the big news of the day is that Jimmy is going into the ring of honor. Did you there? There was a little bit of chatter, and I'm curious for your thoughts on this. Did you have any problem with the mode of announcement? Something that's as long overdue as it is. The fact that it wasn't done 
in the atrium at the star. It wasn't at some, it was done 20 minutes before kickoff on the road in another team stadium, kind of awkwardly in a, in a, you know, broadcast booth. Uh, did you find that to be odd at all that that was the way they chose to announce it? I think Clarence Hill thought it was a lot more odd than everybody else. <laughs> and then, and then McCarthy, he asked McCarthy the question. McCarthy's like, ah, you know, whatever. Then, you know, we're fine. Um, yeah, I did. I felt like the, I felt like the timing of it was a little strange. Uh, you know, maybe it's something that, you know, with the the red kettle. Now, maybe you don't want to over, maybe you don't want to uh, over, uh, I'm trying to look for the word here to talk about. Maybe you don't want to overshadow yeah. the red kettle kickoff this weekend or, you know, on Thursday. Maybe you could have done it, you know, maybe you could have done it in conjunction with that. Hey, we have wonderful news for the holiday season. By the way, uh, you know, we're Jimmy Johnson's going into the ring of honor and we got the red kettle kickoff going on with Dolly Parton and everything, you know, all that stuff. And so, I don't know, maybe I think there probably was a better time and a better way to do it. But the thing I've always, you know, known about Jerry and working for him for 14 years was when he's ready to do something, he's ready to do something. There's a lot of times where they will take forever to make a decision on something. But when they're ready to do it, they are ready to do it. And I felt like today was, you know, one of those one of those days. Maybe this is one of the reasons why uh, you got the Fox number one crew doing this game today. Yeah. You know, and uh, maybe that was something that, you know, you kind of wonder, man, why would why would Burkhardt and Olsen do be doing and, you know, and Tom Rinaldi and. And, you know, and, and our, our gal there, um, you know, she, Aaron Andrews, yeah, Aaron Andrews, you know, why are they all, uh, you know, why are they all here? You know, maybe this was something that, 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 you know, that, that, that they knew about that Fox knew about, and that's why they made G- uh, Jimmy available. And it just seems kind of a, kind of a funny time for doing it in a Carolina. Seems game. very purposeful that the announcement though, is also for an ESPN game that I'm assuming Troy Aikman's going to call. Yeah. Um, that that he'll be on that one. It seems like, I'm guessing that Saturday was be Saturday night game, right? The Saturday night game. I'm guessing that was something that was important to them. Was that right. hey, uh, Troy's going to want to be here. because Troy and Jimmy their their relationship is incredibly close. Um, Troy didn't has, start out that way. Nope, did not. Uh, ask Steve, Steve Walsh, Walsh on board. Yep. Yeah, you, you can ask Steve Walsh how that went. Um, but it, but it's something that they've become. You know, they're incredibly close now, and it's something that I know Aikman has talked about before that he needs to get in there. Like, like Jimmy deserves to be in there, and I. I know there are a lot of players who who feel that way. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of players present for this one. Um, but, you know, former 90s players that played with Jimmy that are going to want to be there for that. So um, big news. You don't want to nitpick too much because the right decision was ultimately made. Here's the thing, though, that's interesting is that they do not typically announce these things in the middle of the year. These are things that are typically announced before the season starts, you know, everything else. I'm going to I'm going to dip into my conspiracy bag a little bit and ask you, Brian, if if you can see this being the case. Do you think this decision was made after Jerry and Jimmy had that very public chance to talk before kickoff of the Chargers game for about 20 minutes a few weeks ago? Do you think that's why the announcement was made when it was, was because Jerry didn't make up his mind to do this until just a couple weeks ago when they were in L.A.? I don't know. I'll let you explain your theory on I, that. I just think that, look, he... 
we know they don't have the same relationship that they always did. And in fact, it's a, they it's swear a, they do. They, they swear they, they do. They do. But they also acknowledge like, yeah, we can talk. We can be good. But it's clearly just it's 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 a very odd relationship that the two of them share. But it's a, it's a little bit like maybe um like family. Like, let, let's say, uh, Brian, if you got attention with somebody in your family and then you happen to see him at Thanksgiving, some people choose to just go like, let's pretend today. Like, we're not even going to talk about that this exists between us. Let's just talk. And like, you know, you can just ignore that 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 baggage or that tension is between you two and you guys can talk and be happy and and same sort of thing whenever jerry and jimmy in a room together they seem to be able to just hey we're old friends best of friends we pick up where we left off and then in between it's like yeah well he needs to put me in the ring of honor and then on jerry's side it's like yeah he needed to be not you know it didn't need to be such an ass on his way out of here didn't need to, to publicly flirt with the jacksonville job or whatever else like like you know and so i i do wonder if that was, you know, a time that very publicly they got their 20 minutes to stand there, talk together, you know, get visit with each other. Jerry said he had no idea Jimmy was going to be there at that game, said, you know, uh, was was surprised to see him there. So the fact that they stood out there, got a chance to talk. That's that's my thought, Jerry, uh, Brian, is that Jerry, who's typically very, you know, methodical about announcing this and picking what he's going to do. I think we got the late announcement. The only other time I can remember an in-season announcement was I believe they did the same with Gil Brandt. And it's because Gil was trying to get, they were trying to get Gil into the hall of fame. And right. there was, so they were trying to, okay, let's give him this. Cause there's always the question of, well, why aren't Charles you honored Haley. by your, yeah. Why aren't you honored by your own team? You know, why, why, how can we put you in the hall of fame if you're not honored by your own team? So same sort of thing. I wonder is that it's just, he got a chance to talk. And so the reason why this felt so rushed and odd of why are you announcing it before the Panthers game is because Jerry made up his mind when he made up his mind, which yeah. in my, my opinion was probably in the last couple of weeks, he just decided to do it just because. Yeah. I think you're uh, I think you might be onto something here. I like I told you though, the, the Joneses, when they make up their minds to do something, they're very quick about doing it. And, There'll be other times where they they take their sweet time. They really do. They're, you know, unless they're pushed on something. And I, I just, I don't know. It, it just seems kind of a, it does seem very, very funny. The, the location, A, and then how it all came about. You know, I, I don't, I don't have a really good answer for that. I'm just happy it did. Yeah. I'm really, I think Mike McCarthy, real quick, Bobby, Mike yeah. McCarthy said something. I think it's absolutely right about Jerry and, and Jimmy's, a relationship they finish each other's sentences you know yeah. and i think that's i think there's a lot of truth to that i think there's a lot of truth to that and they might be you know they might not at times have really saw things eye to eye but this is one thing that they do see eye to eye on that you know that jerry now believes that jimmy deserves to be in the ring of honor and you know jimmy just got put in the miami the university of miami's ring of honor mm-hmm. you know or they're they're all the fame and man, he, you know, he'd done incredible things for them. So things are starting to kind of tie, tie up for, for Jimmy Johnson in his career and the hall of fame, the university of Miami, you know, I'm sure he's in the Oklahoma state ring of honor for what he did over there. Uh, but then now with the Cowboys ring of honor, I, I think his, I think there's a lot of closure in his life uh, about all the things that as a coach that we were, all saying, hey, this needs to be done, and it needed to be done yesterday. As a guy who was in the league at that time chasing the Cowboys, like you were. Yeah, they killed us. When when that news broke, which was it league meetings or was it a little after league meetings when when that news broke? When Uh that news broke. I think they were were in Arizona. I think they were at the Biltmore. 
in there. Might have that was it Florida? Were they at the? I think the they breakers? were in Florida. I, I think they the were breakers. In Florida. Might have, they might have been at the breakers. Yeah. So when okay. that news breaks in 1994, did uh, you, as somebody in the league who was chasing the Cowboys, did you feel like, oh my gosh, they've given us an opening? Like, like they, they've given us an opening to be able to catch this football team now because we never thought that we'd be able to to beat this roster and this coach. And like, did it? Did it make you guys feel a little bit like they're the cracks? We we can get them now. Yeah, they they had it. They also they had a, a draft where they uh, Derek, uh, who was the the running back from Alabama that they drafted. Uh, Derek Lassick was Derek Lassick. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking Sherman Williams or Derek Lassick. Hey, Derek Lassick. They, you know, to me, it was. I think I'm right about the draft that I, I got. I hate when 94, I 94, They took ninety four. They took Shante Carver. Okay, the Shante Carver draft, but there were they. They had a draft where they drafted like all special teams guys. That was said. 96. That was with Sherman okay. Williams and Sherman and Williams. Guys. Darren Lassick was a running back. Sherman okay. Williams. I think that was yeah. LaFleur or Bjornson or okay. one of those guys. Yeah, no, no. LaFleur was a first round pick, but and I'm sorry. I, I, Derek, but yeah, Sherman Williams, uh, but it was one of those drafts where they, they, it was, they drafted in it. It's kind of like they, instead of like saying, no, these guys aren't going to make our team, you know, instead of trying to work, they just drafted backup guys. And then so you're kind of sitting there thinking, well, man, was this, is this it? Is this, you know, we we never could, we never could uh we never could catch these guys because they they were clearly better than us. I mean, we we tried. We really tried. And it and it took it took that game funny, it, it was at Carolina, that playoff game, where they, you know, were they got where Aikman and Beat All up. these guys, you know, they got beat up in the game, and you know, we we played, and, and that year we went to the Super Carolina. We played Carolina in the uh, the championship game in '96. Beat them, and and yeah, beat them, and that was, in, you know, we we were looking at the Cowboys. We just never could. We just never could beat uh, those that team. Do I mean, you, you, you were you were better than them in '96, no doubt. Uh, Green Bay was better than Dallas. In we would have got them in a home game, which might have been a different story. But but, but would they have, would they have been in your head at all going into that? 96 oh hell game? yes, hell yes. <laughs> are they you cer- are you certain you would have beat them in '96 if you got? Them I don't. In the NFC I don't know. Game? That's what I'm saying because to me, I remember Bob Harlan, the uh, the club president of the Packers, is like, "Yes, Brian, we're going to get this Dallas team right where we you know right where we want them. We're going to get them in a home game." And I go, Mr. Harlan, no disrespect, sir, but and serious, I had this conversation. I go, no disrespect, sir, but we we don't we haven't beaten these guys. You know why? Let's take a chance on Carolina, who's who's an expansion team, and Kerry Collins, and you know, yeah, they got uh, Kevin Green, and they've got some really legitimate players, but let's let's take our chances with them. And Mr. Harlan looked at me, and goes, Oh no, you're right about that. But that when when that game ended in Carolina, that was really. Really, the end of the Dallas Cowboys as we knew it was 1999. Was that Chan Gailey team when Michael Irvin was laying on the field in, at the vet in Philadelphia? Yeah, that was really the end of. But at Green Bay, we when when Jimmy left, we we knew we had an opening. We knew we had an opening. It just it took a little bit longer, but we knew we had an opening. 
That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll have two more episodes for you this week uh, leading up to the Cowboys and the Commanders. We'll we'll have one leading up to Cowboys Commanders. Then we'll have one after Cowboys and Commanders uh, for your Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Uh, But Cowboys get it done. They they secure the victory. They are now, uh, you know, they they look to be firmly uh, set up to to be exactly where you want to be before you hit this tough stretch run of game of you know seahawks and bills and dolphins and lions and everything else uh so the cowboys have set things up nicely and get an opportunity to sweep this three-game stretch that we said was so critical for them to sweep uh between the giants panthers and commanders two down one to go for brian broadus i'm bobby belt we'll talk to you guys again later